listeners, and welcome to our pilot episode of LMNOP, the podcast about the best show on television. I am How I Met Your Community nope. Sign nope. House. We talked about this. I just want to talk about six shows. Well, that's for episode two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Val Flight Cub, and I am a cynical man. And I am your uh, slightly less important host, <laughs> Alec. Also known as a perfectly placed dramatic marble. <laughs> we are partners in crime and in podcasting. I meant to say crime solving. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I thought you were going to say life because... Well, yeah. But you know. But more importantly, we murder together. <laughs> I mean, solve, no, solve we murders. Don't. We solve so murders. Pretend to solve... <laughs> Let's take that again. I'll cut all that out. We solve crimes. We don't do them. And also we're together, it's a fun fact. Today we are talking about the pilot episode of Elementary. To be clear, not the episode that takes place in a plane with a pilot, but the very first episode. That... It'd be weird to start in the middle of season five. Spoilers for oh. that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just jump into it. So the episode starts with a cold open of the murder. Very spooky. A very spooky murder. Uh, it's like slow motion. And it's like blurry and stuff. I hate I hate those sequences. The beginning beginning of shows. It, it's every single crime show because mm-hmm. it, cause it's about the crime. It's it just makes me feel like a pervert because they're like, "This is what you came for, isn't yeah. it?" <laughs> like, no, I don't like to see people get murdered. I feel like it's also always the the creepiest part of the show mm-hmm. because you'll often get like POV of the killer, right? Yeah. Right. And you're like, am I the killer? Do I? What? No. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the, the show, obviously, is not overly graphic. No, it's not. I mean, there are a couple times, but it's, but it's supposed to be sensational when it happens. Yeah. But but those, some, of the, some of the beginnings are a little... Oh. But I think they cut... They stop doing that a lot. Like, th- a lot of times at the beginning will be like, they'll find a body while mm-hmm. jogging or something, but... That's true. It's not always somebody getting murdered. And it's very stylized in this episode. It's like very, like... Slow-mo and stuff. Yeah, and, and you like, loved the sound. Oh my god. It was so loud. Because it was supposed to be, like, creepy or, like, yeah. scary. So it was like, ah! Yeah, I'm terrified. So after the murder, it's a smash cut, or maybe it's the title sequence, and then it's the opening to... Joan. It starts with, yeah. Anyway, we start with Joan Watson. She wakes up. She's all healthy, because she's going on a run. I to a Matt and Kim song or something. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't try to endear me to a character uh, by showing them jogging. <laughs> so it's the most unrealistic thing that happens it's... on television, including sex scenes. <laughs> I don't. I don't jog. I don't. I don't suddenly respect a character because they jog. It's. I think it's supposed to just tell you that she's got her life together. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Good for her. Anyway, so um, she gets a call. And um, it's about her latest charge, um, who is unnamed, but we know because we're watching a show about Sherlock Holmes that it's <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and, we're, and, we're, and we're pretty sure, we're not positive, but we're pretty sure at this point that Lucy Liu is not Sherlock Holmes. We're pretty sure, but we do think she's important because she's Lucy Liu. <laughs> and jockey. And also her character is important. <laughs> yes. So uh, she gets a call because she's supposed to pick him up from the rehab center, but he has escaped. Mm. So she goes to his house instead. 
and a, a sexy lady with tattoos leaves the house. And That's this redundant, just so you know. Well, not everybody is leaving a house when they leave somewhere. And this woman is getting paid extra. Getting paid as an extra. <laughs> because she just walks by. She does not say anything. It's very weird. She doesn't even, like, look at Joan and, like, give her a look or something. She just, like, walks by and Joan's like, I'm is looking it, for Mr. Uh. Is it ever established that she's a, a, a sex worker? Yes. No. It's not established that she's a sex worker. No. Right. So she's just rude. Yeah. I mean, not, not that I'm not saying all sex workers, sex workers are, rude, are paid to not talk to anyone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> listen, if you're a sex worker, you know you only talk to people that pay you. <laughs> you go to Starbucks and they're like, "What would you like to order?" and they're and you just give them the finger silently, <laughs> and they give you a quarter, and you're like, "I'll have a venti cappuccino, please." So Joan enters the brownstone, which is where uh, Sherlock lives, and you know it's season one because Sherlock's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> it's very nice. So Joan introduced herself. Um, and, uh, Sherlock is just staring at her, and then he says to her, Do you believe in love at first sight? I know what you're thinking. The world is a cynical place, and I must be a cynical man thinking a woman like you would fall for a line like that. The thing is, it isn't a line. So please hear me when I say this. I have never loved anyone as I do you right now in this moment. And they're, like, super close together. They're, like, kissing distance. And Watson is like, What's happening? She has that look on her face. What's this feeling? Says headed. <laughs> um, and then Sherlock presses play on the TV, and uh, the guy, the guy on the TV, says the exact line that Sherlock just said. It's like, whoa, this yeah. guy is super smart and can memorize things. He's got memory. And also, we didn't mention uh, he's watching seven TVs at once with different things going on. It, to be honest, I, it, that is not as clear in the pilot. They definitely make a bigger deal out of that in later episodes, mm-hmm. and, and kind of show. This memory game that he plays, mm-hmm. but yeah, you just hear like a c- cacophony. Yeah, um, when she walks in, uh, and he's watching all of them. But so yeah, so um, he doesn't really love in first sight at her. <laughs> he, he, he's being kind of rude because he doesn't really care. Um, so the, she, this is where she explains she's his sober companion. Mm-hmm. So this is the reason that Sherlock is in New York. This is the reason that Joan is in. His life is Sherlock is a an opioid addict. Do they say that in the primary? Uh, no, they just. But Sherlock Holmes famously, yeah, addicted to opiates. So he getting out of rehab is um in New York City, and Joan is there to basically just live with him and like watch him all the time to make sure he's not doing drugs. Addict babysitter, as one of them puts it. It's Sherlock. Joan does not call herself that. You never know. Um, so, and he has to go along with it or else his dad will kick him out of the brownstone. Sherlock is so ungrateful towards his dad. <laughs> and I'm sorry that he didn't put you up in the nicest of the five buildings he owns in New York. But he still puts you in one. For free. For free. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big apartment too. It's a nice, it's, it's better than mine. Well, it's subjective. Oh. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, Joan is like, uh, Sherlock, why did you escape the rehab facility like- uh, The morning you were supposed to be released. Just a couple hours early. Yeah. And he goes, bored. And she's like, because you were bored? And he's like, no, I'm bored right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such a- it's very like BBC Sherlock, Mm -hmm. I feel like. Like, I feel like in BBC Sherlock, he would do that, but like in like season three. Yeah. Yeah. I- I, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this a lot, I'm sure, mm-hmm. slight differences, but but I feel like the biggest one is is that in elementary, Sherlock grows as a human being, mm-hmm. 
Um, but he is not grown at all in the pilot. Right. And in the, in the pilot, too, like, he's purposefully extra abrasive to Joan because he doesn't like that she's there at all. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't. he doesn't like the concept of her. Mm-hmm. So that's why he picks the weirdest line to recite to her as an opening gambit. Yeah, do you think he TV. planned that all out? I think he was memorizing everything on the TV and then wanted to show off uh, to he her. He was like, which of the seven would throw her off the, the weirdest? Right. Like, if he turned to her and was like, Soap, nine ninety nine. <laughs> buy buy your soap. You know that soap commercial that was on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soap. It's expensive soap. <laughs> it's you get a hundred bars <laughs> for nine ninety nine. Which is very cheap. That's actually really cheap soap. Yeah. So it's a good commercial. <laughs> so Joan is like, hey, who is that sex lady? Who is that sexy lady? And Sherlock says I find sex repellent, but my body needs it, so I indulge it from time to time. Which is like Okay, dude. Incel. <laughs> what? I don't know. That's literally the opposite of incel. No, it's... So, it's like, um, when... So, what happens next? He's vol incel. He's voluntarily incelibate. Mmm, that's exactly what I was going for. Yeah, that's why you said it. Yeah. So, Sherlock, they're, they're headed to a crime scene. And this is where Sherlock finally puts a shirt on. <laughs> and he puts on a t-shirt. Hey. And a dress vest. And a dress vest. Pilot fashion is so terrible. This is like 2012 that this yeah. episode came out too. Like, good thing he was going to a crime scene with police please and not fashion please. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you are yeah. right. Because yeah. he'd be arrested for sure. It's awful. I love it. And so they go um, on the way to the crime scene. Joan is like, hey, so what happened in London? Like, your dad told me you bottomed out there. And Sherlock is like... So your dad cheated on your mom, huh? So they get to the um, crime scene, and this is where we meet um, Captain Gregson, and uh, Gregson explains, Gregson and Sherlock both explain, like, that he consults for the New York Police Department, because Gregson met him when he was in England doing something. He was doing something not murder-related. No, but he met Sherlock anyway. Yeah. Murders often happen with other crimes. Yeah. Comorbidity, you could say. Uh, Hey, you know what I like about the um, character of Gregson? Um, Well, really, just the name. is Greg, like uh, Greg Lestrade. Yes. But there's also a a Lestrade. There's also a Lestrade, yeah, later on. I like it because it's evocative of it Mm -hmm. without being it. Yeah. Because he wouldn't be, because Lestrade is part of Scotland Yard. Right. In the canon. Yeah, and, and and the canon of elementary is not what if Sherlock Holmes took place in New York. Right. It's what if Sherlock Holmes moved to New York. Right. It's not it's not like taking the story and putting it somewhere else. It's literally like plucking the man. Can you imagine? Hey, I'm Sherlock Holmes. I'm solving crimes here. <laughs> I love heroin. It's like a cannoli. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but... Oh, yeah. The heroin. Notoriously creamy. I don't know what it smells like. Why did I say that? Um, Don't know what it smells like. I don't, but... Probably not cannolis. Probably not cannolis. Um, Spaghetti and murder balls. (laughs) (laughs) Mamma mia, it's a spicy murder. (laughs) So the mechanic of Joan being his... Silver Companion, leads to a running bit in the first couple episodes where he introduces her as different things because she says, like, I'll play along. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to say that I'm your Silver Companion. You can 
Yeah, Sam. our relationship is confidential, so you can introduce me however you like. As your cousin or... You know, your companion. So he says, this is my personal valet. What should he have said? This is my dog trainer. No, I don't have a dog, but just in case. <laughs> this is my wife. She's my wife. How like how much does she would she have to follow along? With it? <laughs> like he's like, this is my wife, Miss Watson, and she's like, we're in a loveless marriage. Or, um, or I mean, extending on that, this is my nearly mute wife who only communicates in clicks. Right, <laughs> because like yeah, her, their relationship is confidential. But I don't think if you asked a lawyer, like if you asked a doctor, is this person your patient? They wouldn't have to be like. I can't tell you if they're my patient, but they're my cousin. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> when when she's like, yes, I'm his personal valet. She's like, I'll wait outside. And he's like, no, you won't. You have to come in unless you're chicken. And you don't want to be my super companion anymore. You want to quit. And she's like, no, I can I can stomach it. Yeah, and, and he's just doing that again just to be antagonistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's just, very, like, teenager-y. Yeah. Yeah, he's literally just trying to push her away because he feels... I mean, she was pushed on him. He had no say in this whatsoever. And more importantly is is the person that pushed her onto him is Sherlock's father. Mm-hmm. Who he does not like. Right. Like, I think if Gregson had been like, hey, I know about this, and if you want to continue working with this, I, I need to make sure... That you're going to stay sober and you need a, a sober companion. I think Sherlock would kind of be like, fine, I don't want to, but right, fine. Or he moved to New Jersey. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I think it's the fact that it's his dad that's like, you have to do this. Right. He's like, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't like you, papa. <sighs> that is how he talks. So they go into the building. They go into the apartment and they learn about the missing this missing woman. Amy Dampier. They don't know where she is, but there's signs of a struggle. And her husband's name is not Dampier. It's a different thing. Which I don't remember, but... It's also not Amy. Right. His last name is not Amy. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Frank, not Amy. Dalto? I'm just thinking of Balto. <laughs> um, That's my puppy. Yeah. I'm sure... Can we just call him Dr. Husband? Dr. Husband it is. Great. Yes. Dr. Husband. So, this woman is missing... She's not found. She's not found. And the first deduction Sherlock makes is that she's had a bunch of plastic surgery in the last two years. Yeah, and that, that was cool. Um, I, I like when the deductions that um, uh, Mr. Holmes makes throughout the series are stuff that people could actually pick up on. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I also think it's really cool when it's like some obscure thing, like how he knows, um, you know, what the ash of 500 different cigarettes looks like. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he was like, these pictures are the new ones and, and these ones are the old ones because of the wear on the wallpaper. Which they show. I thought that was pretty cool. So that's like a weird thing, but they just, they're like, huh. Anyway. But what's interesting about the, the pictures and, and that she got plastic surgery two years ago is that there are no pictures of her before that. Right. We don't know what she no, looks like. Not in her house, not in her phone. So we have no idea what she looks like. We just know that she got work done. Mm -hmm. Then they go to the kitchen. So, so then they go to the kitchen. Uh, this is where we meet the first pilot casualty. <laughs> um, so there are a few changes that from when they go from the pilot to the show. The detective that's in the kitchen is the Marcus Bell character, 
but he's a different guy. So he's Dr. No, he's Detective Abreu. Detective Husband, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think yeah, it's Abreu because I was like, oh, he's a, he's abrasive. Abreuosive. Yeah, you said abrasive and I said abrasive. Yeah. yeah, and he sucks. Not because he's a bad person or a bad character, but just like seeing him after knowing Marcus Bell, you're just like, you're not Bell. Yeah, but but I, I'm also curious to see the next episode with the introduction of Bell and and what is he like? Yeah, because I haven't seen him in a very long time. Yeah, because I I think the the problem with Abreu is he was just very much written to be a counterpoint to Sherlock. He he is not as observant. He doesn't believe in Sherlock, mm-hmm. and it's just a little, a very little obstacle for Sherlock to be like, "Ha ha, I'm smart." And I like that that it changes to Bell and it changes to somebody that has a, a different kind of dynamic with Sherlock because everybody else in the world has that abrasive. Who's this guy? Yeah, kind of attitude towards Sherlock. Right. And we don't need it from the main cast. Yeah, it's not conducive to, like, a long-term show to have one character be like, how could you possibly know that? This blah, 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 you're annoying. I don't like you. Like, he calls him Prince Charles at one point. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, how dare Sherlock have a British accent? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, again, I feel like if he was, if he had enough time, as much time as Belle, it's very possible that he would have changed his outlook and he would have formed this different relationship. Yeah, um, but the the starting point is different because he's he's so it's not just that he doesn't know who Sherlock is he's like against it Mm -hmm. whereas I think Marcus I mean we'll see when we see next episode but Marcus is like a protege of Lestrade Lestrade of Gregson Mm. so he's more open to it because Gregson is like this guy's the real deal yeah and so Marcus is like okay he's kind of weird but okay let's see what we can do Mm -hmm. and he's he kind of objects to sherlock more because he's like rude (laughs) right yeah yeah and 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 abreu is like like sherlock is like clearly she knew the attacker Mm -hmm. and invited him in to have a a a glass Mm -hmm. he's like look at the amount of glass that's on the floor Mm -hmm. it's from two glasses Uh uh-huh how many times can i say glasses well it's from glass glasses glass they're glass glasses they're cups made of glass yeah that's why they're called glasses. Um, and Abreu was like, yeah, right. If she was attacked by somebody, a stranger, then she wouldn't give him water. Yeah. Yeah. Someone breaks into my house. That's the first thing I do is offer them water. It's like, we're not, we're saying it's a different, he's saying it's a different thing yeah. than that. And then immediately Sherlock goes under the kitchen, under the fridge and finds this the bottom of the second glass. So he was right and Abreu sucks. <laughs> um, I mean, he's a, fu- you know, whatever. Uh, he's a the the point is, if you're going to be a cop, look under the fridge. Right. And be named after a vegetable. A pepper. <laughs> I was like, what's an Abreu pepper? <laughs> then, this is when we go into the bedroom and we have his most dramatic deduction of all. He's like, I know where she is. She's been killed. And Abreu's like, there's no body. Sherlock is like, she's in the safe room. And Abreu is like... There's no safe room. We've combed every inch of this place. We've top to bottom searched the There's no safe place in this place. This isn't a safe space, snowflake. <laughs> Sherlock is like, there's an incline in the floor because the safe is too, is so heavy, it would change the floor. Yeah, to prove oh. it, he takes a perfectly placed marble and uh, sets it down on the floor and it starts to roll down the floor 
towards where presumably the safe is, because it's so heavy it warps the floor. And as the marble is rolling, he reaches behind the end table, which is where everyone keeps their secret switch for safes in the wall. And he flicks that switch, and it opens, and just as it does, the marble rolls in. But what stops the marble? Blood. <gasps> Blood! Blood! So, unfortunately, she is dead. She is not a kidnapping victim, she's a murder victim. So there we have it. There's our, there's our, um... Killy was the only word I could think of. <laughs> yep. So there we have it. There's the dead body. Yeah, and, and, and just in, in, in that, there's like five deductions Sherlock makes. And again, I just love how they're all so grounded. Like even even the one where he's like, I mean, the big reveal is that, that she must have known the killer um, and, and that the, the door was kicked in. After the killing. Mm-hmm. To cover up the fact that the killer knew her, or vice versa. Right, and, and he, he, he figured that out because he saw, like, blood in the footprint. Mm-hmm. Which I think is shown. Whereas, whereas Sherlock Sherlock would have just, like, walked in and, and been like, mm, I taste iron in the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she must be dead in the safe room. And there's a safe room also. I just know that. The shape of the house and the size of the rooms. <laughs> so there, there we have it. She's dead. And the husband supposedly found her. So as the most recent, you know, the last person to see her alive, he's the main suspect. And they're like, you killed her, huh? He's like, no. And they're like, yeah, okay. We can take it from here, Sherlock. Thank you. Yeah. They got him in the interrogation room. And they're like, you're telling me that she was found in your safe wall and you didn't even know that there was a safe wall? That's super sus. Mm -hmm. So while they're in the interrogation room, Joan is like, how did you... Guess all that stuff. And Sherlock is like, it's not a guess. It's deduction. You have to have a very high IQ. God, Mom. Yeah. And and she's like, well, how did you know? It's, it's observation and deduction. The observations are very important. You have to observe things before you can deduce them. You have to. Because, I mean, often that is that is the thing that, that um, yeah, saves true. the day is, is he notices something that other people didn't notice or that they overlook. That's true. And then she's like, so how did you know... That my dad cheated on my mom. Because you think, you know, maybe he looked at the body language in the picture of the contact of her phone of the mom and dad. And he's like, Google. I Googled it. <laughs> Some things aren't deducible, which I like because it's just like, I'm a human person. Yeah. I'm not like a machine. Right. I'm not a supercomputer. Yeah. I just study a lot. I do research. Yeah. Yeah. Elementary Sherlock does research and learns thing and practices and hones his skills. Yeah. Then, so this is where Dr. Br- he's not a doctor. Detective Abreu <laughs> comes in and he's like, okay, we got our guy. The episode is only going to be 16 minutes long today. <laughs> we found the killer. And Sherlock is like, mm, I don't think so. His hands are tiny like a little baby's and his feet are like a girl's feet. So he couldn't have made the... Um, shoe print, and he couldn't have strangled his wife. Also, can I just say, as someone that wears a size 9 shoe, <laughs> what a loser Dr. Husband has a size 8 foot. Yeah, it's so small <laughs> foot. Tiny, tiny, tiny foot. Little baby foot. <laughs> what is this, the land before time, He's little foot? Little foot. <laughs> what about um the, that show about... Bigfoot, Bigfoot, no. Bigfoot, but it's called it's- Little Foot. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. Because tiny dancers, but also tiny feet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
So Sherlock gets a list of people from the the husband, Dr. Husband. He's like, hey, who do you know that's tall? Mm-hmm. And Dr. Husband is like, oh, you want um, murder suspects? Here you go. <laughs> well, I know one tall guy. I know one tall guy. So they talk to this guy, and they're like, so we heard you're a creep. And he's like, no, that's a typo. They're trying to say I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> Big typo. Big typo. Um, but uh, so, and then he even has he has a shoe box of uh-huh. size eleven shoes on his in his office. Of course, which, in size eleven was the the print on the door. Right. Do you have shoes in your office? Like, I know you, you don't work in a traditional office space, but mm-hmm. like anywhere that people are going to see me, mm-hmm. I like to have things around me that that show off. Uh, things about me. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, I just carry around a shoebox. And that's why you have dog hair all over your clothes. <laughs> so people ask that's me about why. the dog. Yeah, yeah. that's why. Um, yeah, like, I've seen people with shoes in their office before that they, like, they change into their jogging shoes or they, like, wear sneakers to work and then yeah. they change into... But they, they, don't, work. they don't have the brand new, like, from the store... Shoebox right. with the like. Does size this, does this guy get boxes of shoes delivered to his office? <laughs> like, was it not enough for them to be like he's tall enough for his shoe to be size eleven? Yeah, so, but whatever. This is where we learn more about the plastic surgery. Yes, because the creepy guy. He's like, I'm not a sleaze. They were saying I sneezed. <laughs> I'm not a creep, but I do have a bunch of pictures. Of someone else's wife. <laughs> um, because he's like, she changed her look a lot with the plastic surgery. Um, here's some pictures from before. And uh, plot twist, she was super hot before. She was super hot before, and now she's dead. So <laughs> Some people would say that's Moral of the story. even hotter. Um, I regretted that immediately. Yeah. Moral of the story is we all die one day. Um, did you notice any difference between her face besides what's mentioned later, the mole? But did you notice any difference? After plastic surgery, her nose looked um, more narrow. Okay. Because I honestly didn't. Like, she has different hair. Yeah. I mean, the, the hair was the big thing. And, and like... The- Which you don't need plastic surgery for, just FYI. Right. I mean, I guess we'll talk more about the reasoning for the plastic surgery later, but yeah, it didn't really feel like there were a bunch of huge differences. Yeah, this, like, that whole thing could have just been, her hair was so beautiful, natural, it wasn't going gray, why did she dye it? Yeah. Something like that. Like, it didn't have to be her whole face changed. I don't know. Um, I, I guess then maybe why would she have removed all of the pictures from before? She's like, I look really, really bad blonde. Right, but it, I mean, she could have just started having red hair two years ago. I, I feel like this is a this is something that Sherlock deduces that you're just like, okay, and like it didn't have to be part of it. Yeah, I'd, I I would chalk it up to just not the best writing. This, the same way. Murder suspect has box of shoes on desk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, it was on his chair. Oh, sorry. Perfectly valid now. That's a normal place to put your shoebox. But another significant moment happens in his office. I don't remember. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look at me. This is where Joan is like, can you tell us where you were last night? Yes! And what does Sherlock do? Knowing look. Knowing look. That's interesting. So maybe Joan likes detective work a little bit. Yeah, asking good questions. 
Well, I mean, like, like you know, what's your alibi? Yeah, like the one question that you should ask. Yeah, but it's a good question. It is, and she's never done this before. No, and and she has showed no interest in doing this. In fact, she wanted to stay out of the last crime scene. So then they're back at the brownstone. Joan sets her two alarm clocks, mm-hmm. and then uh, is walking down the hallway, and honey drips on her from the ceiling. Which again, like. It's to introduce that he has beehives on the roof. Mm-hmm. She could just wonder why he's on the roof and go up there. Yeah. But I guess it's an interesting visual to see the honey dripping. Right. And, and like when she's like, hey, honey was coming from the ceiling. He's just like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. And she says that as she's looking at her his giant stack of yeah. beehive. Like, do you think maybe you solved it, Joan? <laughs> you think maybe that's why? <laughs> so she's like, oh, I see beekeeping is a hobby. So this is where Sherlock is like, so you like detective work? You like, like, like detective work? <laughs> and she's like, no, shut up. Why? Did detective work say something to you? <laughs> no. I, no, I like being a sober companion, obviously. So <laughs> Another thing, I, I like that she's like, what are you doing? And instead of him saying, I'm studying bees, mm-hmm. which is what he's doing. Yes. He goes, I'm writing a book up here and points to his head. Yes. He's writing a mental book. Like, okay, so if you're writing a book, you're just doing research. You're just observing things and then thinking about them. (laughs) You're you're not writing a book. Stop trying to make yourself sound so mysterious and cool. Well, he picked out all the words (laughs) and the order they would go in. So then uh, the next morning, Sherlock has unplugged. And taking the batteries out of Joan's alarms. And lo and behold, she sleeps in. Because she doesn't like her job as much as she likes to detective work. And she doesn't have a dog that wakes up at 8 o'clock in the morning and licks your face till you take him for a walk. Right. Just yeah. as an example. Hypothetical. Some people have that. Some people have that. So, Sherlock is in the evidence room because he has a new theory. He thinks that it's a cereal box. Box. That but came to life. But it's actually a jewelry, jewelry box. <laughs> it was a jewelry box that was stolen. That was stolen. Uh, by a cereal <laughs> box. Killer. No, a serial killer. So he's looking for other murders that happened that were similar. And he finds this redhead woman who was strangled, but she didn't die. So they got a new witness to talk to. And they go to her. She also, Joan, reprimands him for turning off the alarms and uh, forces him to take a uh, saliva swab uh, yes, drug test. That she just like sticks in his mouth while he's talking. Yep. <laughs> he's like, I, ha- I have a new theory. <laughs> so they're talking to um, Eileen Renfo. Her name I wrote down, but not the doctor's name. You mean Dr. Husband. Dr. Dr. Husband. So Sherlock is like, so did you see the killer? Did you smell him? Um, you know, do you remember anything about him? And she's like, no. No. Next question. Stop asking me things. I don't know. I didn't know. It's like, I don't know. It's confusing and I didn't know. And he's like, you're lying. And I can tell. And he's like being really pushy about it. He's been a a real jerk. He's like, well, he was wearing a ski mask so you could see his eyes. He was only this close, right? You have to be this close to strangle somebody. Remember when you were strangled? Right. And she's like, I want you to leave. And he's like, no, I'm going to keep pushing you. And uh, Joan is like, enough. She stands up. Yeah. And there's the shot of him just like looking at her, uh, just like, oh my God. She really just did that. Yeah. It's very cool. He looks like a little puppy. So he leaves uh, because she tells him to wait in the car. And then she 
talks to Eileen in a nice way and gets everything, gets all the info. Yeah. It's amazing what uh, human connection can get you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then back at the car, Sherlock is like, I'm actually a brain genius <laughs> because I knew that that would happen. My brain is so wrinkly. <laughs> I have an old man brain because it's covered in wrinkles. Call me Einstein brain. Call me, uh, who's a wrinkly person? (laughs) Call me Larry King. Call me Six Flags guy brain. So he's like, I knew that that would happen. And she's like, yeah, right. But they have a suspect. So now they know who strangled Eileen Renfro. And Sherlock calls Captain Gregson to be like, we know who did it. It's this guy. And he's like, shrimp. Hey, shrimp fun fact about that guy. He's dead in front of me right now. <laughs> right, right, right. So he's dead from a, a gun wound. A gunshot wound a gunshot to the wound head. to the head. And he's got a gun in his hand. So it's like, well, it looks like he died by suicide. So they go to his house and they look at stuff. And they see his pantry that's got... Some soup. Soup. Some beans. Beans. Some rice. Rice. Some pasta. Some pasta. Probably. Looks like a jar of mayonnaise was in there. Yeah. But that's not a good place to put mayonnaise. I think I think you can, as long as it's not opened. Okay. It's fine to store. Once you open it, though, put it in the fridge. Welcome back, Refrigeration Nation. It's your host, <laughs> Val and Alec, as we talk about berries. Can you leave them on the counter? Stay tuned. Anyway, yes, I think that's true, though. Because I always think of where they are in the store. When I buy stuff. Yeah, yeah. condiments are in, in the grocery aisle. They're in the, They're on a shelf. They're not frozen. Or they're not refrigerated. Fridged. They're not refrigerated. They're not pre-frigerated. <laughs> or they are pre-frigerated. They're on the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, anything is pre-refrigerated. You just have to put it in the fridge at some point. When is it refrigerated, though? When you put it in the fridge. No, because that's the refrigerator. Where's the refrigerator? Mmm. Yep. so and then they see his laundry machine and it's like tossed on the side and like there's like boot prints on it and stuff yeah it's clearly been kicked around mm -hmm. and Sherlock's like I wonder what happened there and this is where oh detective genius man Mm -hmm. he's like oh you know what the real problem is he mixed his white with the collars. Ha 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 ha. You're not, you're small. He's, he's, uh, he does that classic cop thing of, I don't know, he's just crazy. So, yeah. Who knows why he did it? We don't need an explanation, which is very unsatisfactory in, um, TV shows with Sherlock Holmes because you're like, but there has to be a reason. And he figures it out later in the episode. Spoiler. Spoiler. Sherlock solves the case. <laughs> He also has some Xanax. He sees, uh, Sherlock sees his bottle of Xanax. Then they go home and Sherlock is like still staring at evidence and stuff. But ostensibly, the killer has been found. Mm-hmm. The guy, this guy, Peter Saldua, killed um, Amy and he strangled this other woman. And chip chop, clip clop, all done. Hip hop. It just, he, he, you know, just felt bad about what he was doing. So also this guy has, he's a florist. He's been delivering to Amy and he has all these pictures of her. So that's why they're like, oh, he was obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. And he did, he did do it. Um, so they go home. Case closed. I tried to say closed and solved at the same time. <laughs> Case closed. And uh, Joan is like, let's go to the opera. Because your dad says you love the opera. 
And Sherlock is like, I went to the opera once. <laughs> once when I was nine. It's too bad that he was such a cultured child because otherwise I think Joan would have known if he was like, yeah, Sherlock loves um, Transformers. Monster truck rallies. Yeah. Sherlock is like, I know there's more to this case. I'm smart. I've never fucked up in my life. And there has to be more to the case. And Joan is like, well... You don't get everything right, because my backstory is actually different than what you guessed it was. Yeah. And Sherlock is like, well, no, I figured out that, um, I figured out your backstory, but I was pretending not to, to be nice. Because the reason Joan stopped being a surgeon is she was operating on someone who died during the surgery. And so she quit being a surgeon. What's very interesting about that, um... Sherlock is being a dick to her right off the bat. Mm -hmm. He could have brought that up and, and like, really tried to push her away when they first met. He could have been like, so you killed your patient, huh? That's pretty messed up. Right. You suck. He could have. I I don't think he was trying to hurt her, though. You know, like, he was just trying to be like, I'm pretty tough to handle, so watch out. Yeah, there seems to be different levels of Sherlock, and I think the reason why it comes out, why he talks about it, and, and especially the way he, he talks about the killing of the patient is because he's so worked up in his own head yeah. about not solving this case, and there's something, and he's missing it, and that frustrates him, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to deal with his emotions properly. Yeah. And to have Joan question his detective skills is another thing that pushes him over the edge to be like, okay, I guess I gotta bring this up. But also, he does it in a really rude way, because... He's angry. Yeah. So, so Joan is hurt, obviously, and um, she leaves to go to the opera, and Sherlock just stares at the wall some more. Two other things that he's discovered are that Peter Seldua stopped using his phone three days ago, and that two years ago he went to a psychiatrist who is now dead. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes to... A bar, and Captain Gregson gives him this uh, piece of evidence. So his the file that the psychiatrist has about Peter Saldua, or had when he was alive. So in that file, it says that uh, Peter took to recording all of his conversations with the therapist on his, on his phone. On his phone, which went missing three days ago. Which went missing. Well, went missing at some point. Which he stopped. Which using he stopped three using days three days ago. Who knows what happens? Maybe it's in the safe room. Probably not. Probably not. For lots of reasons. Um, Maybe the safe room had its own safe room, and that's where it is. Little baby safe room. Yeah. Need a second marble. So Sherlock has an epiphany at this moment. So he goes to pester Joan, obviously. Uh, And he... Why does he need her to be there also? Well, remind me what he tells her. So he goes to the opera to be like, I need a ride to confront who I think it is. Yeah, I, I... Maybe... This is the start of him recognizing that she's valuable to him, and maybe he wants her there just in case. Like, because ostensibly it's because she has a car, but, but he had to he, get to the but opera. But he got to the opera. Right. Yeah. So. Which is not right next door. Right. I think. They show picture. They show outside shots of his apartment, and it's not no, right I next door. I saw no one singing. So he has this epiphany. He goes to the opera, and he's like, Joan. Joan, I know who did it. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to talk to you. I'm at the opera. At the opera. If you have something to say, you sing it to me. <laughs> and like all the people around her are like, shh. There's <laughs> one lady that's like, shh. And he's like, you shh. Yeah. <laughs> so he goes to the opera and he solves it. Because he's like, I know what happened. Uh, he asks her what Xanax looks like. 
and um, she says it's white, ovular. And he calls the detective to be like, what are the pills that that guy had in his Xanax? It's pink and round, right? And the guy's like, yeah, why? And Sherlock's like, click. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And he did. When he picked up, he was like, make it quick because I'm about to leave. So Sherlock did do that. Nice guy, Sherlock. Right. And Sherlock is like, we have to get to the hospital. So they go to the hospital. They happen to get there the same time that Dr. Husband is getting there, which I didn't think about, but is very coincidental. Unless they've been waiting there for a while. Yeah, but there was also a a, a shoebox uh, right there on the uh, chair. So sometimes things happen. (laughs) Sometimes television just needs to go happen. (laughs) Yeah. So they confront Dr. Husband and they're like, well, they don't both say this. Just Sherlock says it and Watson is watching him. But he's like, you had Peter Saldua as your patient. He told you he was having these problems with violence and redheaded women. So you changed your wife to be more like his type. And you gave him steroids in a Xanax bottle. So he was getting enraged. He was getting hulkified without even knowing it. And Dr. Husband is like, hypothetically, would you rather have to honor a prenup or a will? Yeah. Hypothetically. This was a weird writing choice, because basically what he said in a very elongated manner was, you can either have lots of money or no money, and which is smarter? And I'm a doctor, so I'm smart. Well, it's, it's it's lots of money and a dead wife, or not a lot of money and a ex-wife who's alive. Mm -hmm. Fun fact, TV shows always act like prenups are like super solid and like airtight, but apparently it's like one of the first things you can get thrown out in divorce court. Hmm. Because I mean, if you make, if you think about it, it's like something that you, it's a contract you make before you know what the conditions are going to be. Like if you make a prenup and that prenupt, and then you are married for 20 years, you're making that, you know, at one age. Yeah. You know, like, I get 50% of your assets. Like, sure, I can say that now because you have $12, but... But isn't, isn't the prenup opposite? Isn't the prenup, hey, let's leave. If we get divorced, we leave with what we had. You it's get wh- none of mine, I get none of yours. It's whatever you want it to be. Mm. It's whatever agreement you make. Uh, oh, prenup is just prenuptial agreement. Yes. Nuptial being married time. Yes. Married time. <laughs> married time law. <laughs> Married time law. Oh my god. It's true. So Sherlock is like, nah, fuck, he definitely did it. And he's like, Joan, I need your car car keys. And Joan's like, why? Gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme, 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 gimme. I need him. I need him. And he takes Joan's car and smashes it into Dr. Husband's car. Which is great, except Dr. Husband's car also smashes into the car next to Dr. Husband's car and... I feel bad for that guy. Yeah. Also, like, I mean, I guess he didn't just have a cricket bat on him. <laughs> no, he didn't, because he was in Joan's car. But just just smash a few windows. Yeah. Well, the whole point of this moment is that he's not thinking about it. Right. He's, a, he's completely irrational. Yeah. Irrational. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he goes to jail for that. Sherlock does. But just one of those, like, overnight... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Slap yeah. on the wrist. Go in your crate. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Sherlock, jail. 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 So Joan visits Sherlock in jail, and he's like, so I'm kicked out, huh? And she's like, actually, no, because the agreement with your father was that you couldn't do drugs. So 
this was just you being an asshole. <laughs> Which is technically fine. And Sherlock is like, sick. But that means you're still my sober companion, aren't you? Because it, Joan was originally going to quit when she went to the opera. She was like, I'll find you a new sober companion in the morning. Mm. But she's like, yeah, I have to stay on as your sober companion. And yeah, Because this shit is fun. <laughs> I mean, because your dad made me. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, nice. Good. You should hang around. Learn how to be an investigator. Yeah, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm really, really glad that you're staying on. Not for me, but for you. This will be beneficial for you. The pleasure is all yours. <laughs> so then she's like, okay, but if I'm going to be your sober companion, you have to tell me about London. And he says, big city rains a lot. <laughs> and she's like, no, the situation. And he's um, like, great abs, Jersey Shore. <laughs> And he's like, well, don't, I'm not going to tell you because it's you, none of your business and you don't even care. You just think it'll bond us as you think it'll make us closer. And she's like, oh, so it was a woman. <laughs> and he's like, so my bond, bail hearing is not at nine tomorrow. I'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta go take a jail poop. I'm getting another call <laughs> through the little phone thing on either side of this glass partition. <laughs> oh, fuck. We forgot to say. At the opera. Hey, you're the one with the notes. When he goes to the opera to apologize to Joan, or to get Joan to drive him to the hospital, he's like, you were right. I had no idea that I was being a jerk to that witness. I was not doing a bad cop, good cop thing. I was just being a jerk. I I'm just bad with people. I'm just bad with people. And you're helping me a lot. And can I please have a ride? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a car. So then in the... Back in the jail, Joan is like, see, you're not, like, the robot cool guy that you pretend that you are. Like, the whole thing about him being like, I find sex repellent. I just do it for the points. <laughs> the HP. Um, she's like, y you don't... I do it for the PP. <laughs> PowerPoints. PowerPoints. PPP. PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> PPPP piss PowerPoint presentation. Not a good one. PPPPP piss poor PowerPoint presentation. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joan reads him to filth. She's like, you love to be human. You are human. And you f are not a robot. You are not BBC Sherlock. <laughs> you are... You are... Uh, you can you can make connections. You're just afraid to. Mm. Which wonder why that is. Wonder why. Wonder what could have happened in his past. Mm. Why can't he make connections? I hope someday we. F Spoilers. Why I said I hope he. F That's what I said. That's we. It's a big twist. So while he is in jail, Joan goes home to the brownstone. And she looks through the evidence and she sees something in a piece of paper. And she's like, hmm. Hmm. Medical paper. Medical paper. <laughs> <laughs> and so she meets up with him after his bail hearing. And she's like, I want to show you this. And um, it turns out Saldua is allergic to rice. Wait, 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 Val. Yeah. He's allergic to rice? Uh-huh. But when we saw his pantry earlier, uh -huh. we saw soup and beans and rice. And mayonnaise. And mayonnaise. Which is unrelated. Yeah, he had a big old bag of rice a in his pantry. Big old bag. And this is when... 
That's the sound of all the pieces falling together. Sherlock is like, I have observed, and now deduct. Shen, I'm deduct. I've deducted. I'm deducting. I'm deduct. It's deducting time. <laughs> You're the goose. I'm deduct. I'm deduct. <laughs> So then we cut to the captain's office. Gregson's office. Gregson's office. And and with him is uh, Dr. Husband. Mm-hmm. And Gregson's like, oh, I'm so sorry about Sherlock. Sorry about oh, that. Whoopie daisy. By the way, have you ever treated Peter Saldua as your <laughs> And he's like, hey, what the fuck? Why are you asking me the same question that Sherlock asked me? And he's like, ah, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> and Greg's just like, oh, detective. <laughs> so they come in and this is the part. Okay. So basically every episode of Elementary has this where they just tell the audience by telling the killer what happened. Yes. Th- this is a parlor room reveal. Yes. But it's in Gregson's office. <laughs> right. But but that, that is, I mean, that is a staple of Sherlock, and it is, it is now a staple of almost every single crime series drama out there. But it 100% began with OG Sherlock. Arthur Conan Arthur Doyle. Conan Doyle. Doyle. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it, it's cool because it's it, you know it's always a big thing that he that he does reveals all of the information and, and how we know who the true killer is. And even in this one, he credits Watson for noticing the thing about the rice allergy. Yeah. So basically, what had happened was Doctor Husband wanted to be Doctor Bachelor, <laughs> and he met Peter Saldua and was like, "This guy is violent towards redheads." Almost killed one once. What if my wife was one of the people he did kill? Mm. Which, by the way, it's not really a serial if he's done it one time. Like, is that his type? It's one person. I mean, do we know exactly how many it was? I mean, we know of the one person that survived. That was a witness we talked to earlier. Yeah. But does he say, like, this person had killed before as well? He doesn't. No. Which, he doesn't say this was the only other time, but... You'd think if he found more than one, he would say, like, I found a bunch and one of them survived. Well, I mean, there, there must have been a bunch for, for Dr. Husband to be like, hey, lady wife, why don't you change everything about yourself? Yeah. Mrs. Husband. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he learns. He figures it out. The Peter Cell duo likes this one, liked this one woman and became obsessed with her and then was violent towards her. And then... I was like, oh, I could like, set him on my wife. Yes. So he does that. But Peter Saldua records all of his sessions with his phone, and he's allergic to rice. Mm. And he stopped using his phone three days ago, and his washing machine's messed up. These sound like puzzle pieces. And they are! So what happens is Peter Saldua had recorded all of his sessions with his previous psychiatrist and with Dr. Husband. And his phone is missing because three days ago... He washed it in the wash by accident. Left it in his pants. Guys, you gotta check your pockets. Check your pockets. That's what today's podcast is truly about. This is a PSA to check your pockets before you wash your clothes. Welcome to Elemento Pocket Check. (laughs) Which I have never washed something that big before. No. I've washed like, you wash like dollar bills and stuff. He has like a flip phone. So it is like... It's lighter. It's, it's lighter, it's smaller, and men's pants, uh, if they're baggy and have kind of like deeper pockets, it is possible. And it's a flip phone, so he's not on Twitter, he's not right. on YouTube. 
So what he did was he, so he uh, got really mad at his washing machine. Then he buys a bag of rice. Even though he's allergic. Even though he's allergic because it's not for him. Because as everyone uh, that has ever been uh, pushed into a pool knows, if your phone gets wet, put it in a bag of rice. Put it in a bag of rice. Also, anyone that's accidentally uh, dropped their phone um, in a urinal and then um, couldn't stop the flow and had to just stand there and pee on their phone. If if there's if there's anyone like that. If someone had ever done that if twice. That had it. <laughs> twice? No. I learned after the second time. <laughs> so they went to the bag of rice. The phone was in there. It was all dry because of rice. And it had the recording of Dr. Husband. And that's a you know a big reveal because this whole time Dr. Husband is like, no, I wasn't treating him. I never met him. We never met him. I didn't know him. You would never have a voice recording of the two of us talking to each other. And him addressing me by name. When I talk to people that I know, I love to call them by their full name, Alec. Alec also likes to do that, pal. Well, you don't... Ver- well, I want to make sure everyone knows it's me. I mean, Alec. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so on the recording, he's like, Dr. Husband, you gotta help me. And Dr. Husband's like, okay, Peter Saldua, I will. So, we got him. Got him. So, okay, here's the thing. What do they have him for? Medical malpractice of tampering with his prescription? I, I, I mean... I don't know all the legal terms, but it's essentially it, it would probably be the same as hiring a hitman. I mean, because because it, it wasn't just like he he messed with his uh, uh, meds. He did a lot of stuff to get him to kill his wife. Right. Like he he had to mess with the stuff. He had to convince his wife to to get the plastic surgery. He ordered flowers. So I, I think that would probably be like the big thing is that like you messed with his meds. And then ordered flowers once a week to have this guy meet your wife. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's a very clear motive. But it's not conspiracy to commit murder. It's not... Well, so anyway, the, they got the guy. So then that's the, you know, that's the end of the crime solving. But elementary, it's not just about the crime solving. It's about the people solving the crime. Because we go back to the brownstone. And Joan is like, you have to watch baseball with me because you wrecked my car. And Sherlock is like, this sucks. I hate it. And she's like, shut up. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean it's bad. Right. And he's like, I do understand it. And here's what's about to happen. So this is, this is a parlor trick. Like all of the rest of the stuff that he does is like deduction. It's, it's not guessing. Like he literally says, like, it's not guessing. Mm. This is guessing. Yeah, it it very much. I mean, you know, there are statistically things that are more accurate, more likely to happen Mm -hmm. in in a baseball game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think when he calls out the next three plays, that is a bit of a parlor trick. But I think the fact that he uh, deduces that the Mets are going to lose is just because he's watched the Mets play before. (laughs) Go Mets. We love we love Demets, but yeah. So he's like pop up to center, double intentional walk, and then a intentional double walk. play to end the game. Yeah, Metropolitans of New York too. Yeah. Uh, the Reds of Cincinnati. So then he he's like, okay, can we go to dinner now? I'm gonna meet you in the door at the doorway. And Joan watches the rest of the match, and she's just like, what? You know, he's uh, of course he's right, and. Um, then she meets up with him, and it's the, you know, little ending vignette. He clicks the light off, and that's the end of the episode. 
what, I, what I thought was really great was was she comes down the stairs and just puts his ja- her jacket on and leaves. Yeah, it does not and, say anything. And and he he doesn't even he doesn't even be like I told you so. <laughs> it's just he just knows. <laughs> yeah, and the ending song that's playing is she's watching it the detectives, which I thought was a little on the nose. So so that was the episode. So okay, so why did she have a safe room that she hid from her husband? Well, okay. Well, first off, did she hide it from the husband? He didn't know that it was it existed. He said that, but she was in the safe room. So, you, so either Peter just like somehow found the safe room on his own, mm-hmm. or I think the more likely thing is that Doctor Husband knew about the safe room and told he wouldn't know because he didn't tell Peter to kill her. Yeah, he fuck. Also, they're like regular people. Why do they have a safe room? Mm-hmm. But there wasn't even a safe in the room. <laughs> you know why they had the safe room? Dramatic reveal. Perfectly mar- placed dramatic marble. Yes. So, yeah. What did you think? I like it a lot. And it does a very good job. I don't even know if it's on purpose, but a very good job of setting up a lot of things that I really like about Sherlock. Like what? Like the relationship between Sherlock and Joan mm-hmm. and how he values her and... And sees her as as an asset. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see her just asking questions, uh, her helping out with the abuse victim, uh, her finding the the rice allergy. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's stuff that she was able to do, and, and he wasn't, and, and they complement each other well. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a really good introduction mm-hmm. because it's not because it kind of already goes off of like you already know who Sherlock Holmes is, like mm-hmm. you know he's a good detective. So the things you learn about him are. That he's a human person, mm-hmm. like re- grounding him again. And I think that's, I mean, him being an addict is a big part of that, too. That, like, he is susceptible to the same things that all humans are. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a very potent way to demonstrate a part of his personality. Because I think even if it wasn't opioids, he has an addictive personality. Mm-hmm. Like, he's addicted to being the, the smartest man in the room. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you can tell that when, when, when the crime uh, doesn't go exactly according to plan. When, when they, they think they have the killer, but he's like, no, there's gotta be, there's something else that we're missing. He, he's addicted to, to finding that thing. He's flawed! Yeah, and, and like, he has, like, a fixation on being a good detective, mm-hmm. learning how to be a detective, Le- learning all the different kinds of kinds of cigarette ash, and and like you kind of don't, you can't do that unless you or you don't do that unless you're really focused and really like yeah single minded kind of. And, and, and that's another thing that I like that it, that it shows him, you know, with, with the TV playing the memory games, mm-hmm. honing his skills, mm-hmm. actually working on it. He's not just a magical superhero, right? Yeah, so that's that's episode one. I'm excited for um, the rest of the season. I kind of forgot how quick stuff like pops off in this season. What I'm really looking forward to is um, more OOTDs, uh, <laughs> yellow shirts and <laughs> gray vests. Oh, I'm so glad that his style, his style, I think, pretty much immediately changes. I don't know. He's wearing he wears those scarves for a while. Joan does not get her outfit glow up until like season four, and it's such a long wait. It's such a painful wait. <laughs> How many more episodes does she wear chainmail in? Like <laughs> <laughs> just this one. Uh, she has yeah. She has that gray sweater that the really loose knit, so it looks like chainmail. Letting in letting our audience in on the knowledge. Uh, letting them in on the real knowledge. Uh, it's actually chainmail. So 
don't know what kind of knitting you're talking about. Wink, wink. Don't wink. It's chainmail. Wink. She came from a Renaissance fair. No, it's it's knitting. Wink, wink, oh. wink. I'm blinking. <laughs> it's not working. But yeah, that's our that's our um, episode. Thank you to Noise Space for for letting us um, noise your space. Noise your space. Thank you, listeners, for letting us noise your space. The space between your ears. That came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, this marble will roll again soon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>